Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Okay, Vazat Hashem. We're starting today the bottom of Vav Amud Aleph, and today's Amud is going to be Vav Amud Bet. Today we're going to have continued discussion of the Brayta we left off with yesterday. And we're going to analyze four parts of the Brayta and discuss them to understand exactly what the Brayta is teaching us. If we remember, we left off yesterday discussing four Ishuyot. That's where we left off with in Halchot um, Shabbat. We had a lot of halachot in this Brayta, and we're going to analyze each part of the Brayta now to understand clearly what was being said. So let's just remember what the Brayta said yesterday. We had four Rishuyot on Shabbat. We have Rishut HaYachid, Rishut HaRabim, Carmelit, and Mekom Petur. Four different places, or domains. And we said they have various halachot that govern each place. So now, Ezat <coughs> Hashem, let's get started going through each of these parts to understand mm-hmm. The depth of the Brayta. So the Gemara says, I guess, Amar Mar, it's the second to last line on the page. Amar Mar. <coughs> the Brayta told us yesterday. Let's just remember. The beginning of the Brayta said, Ezuhi Rishut Ayachid. What is a Rishut Ayachid? Charit Shehu. I'm just quoting from the Brayta. Charit Shehu Omek Asarav Rachav Dalid. If you have a ditch, a hole, that's ten Tvachim tall and four Tvachim by four Tvachim wide, an area, or if you have a fence that's ten tvachim tall, and rachav dalit again four by four tvachim, zuhi reshut hayachid gemura. This is a reshut hayachid gemura, total reshut hayachid. So as Rashi told us, we're going to have to analyze the necessity for zuhi reshut hayachid gemura because we already said ezui reshut hayachid. So you don't need to say again zuhi reshut hayachid gemura. And we said the same thing by reshut tarabim. So the Gemara is going to ask right away, what is it coming lafuke? What is that last sentence, Zuhi Rishut Hayachid, what is that coming to exclude? Also, it's going to ask, what is Gemurah coming to exclude? Meaning, it sounds like there's something that's not Gemurah. So, what is it coming to teach us? So, the Gemara says, like this, Amar Mar, the Brayta said, Zuhi Rishut Hayachid. It told us, what is Rishut Hayachid? It told us the example. And then it emphasized at the end, this is Rishut Hayachid. So, says the Gemara, Lim Mai. What is this coming to exclude? Meaning, what is not considered Rishut Tayachid that the Brayta is using extra words to say? Some people might say that is Rishut Tayachid, but this is not what the Brayta will hold. So the Gemara tells us, let me just speak this out and we'll see it inside. It's going to exclude a psak of Rabbi Uda. We know to be considered a Rishut Tayachid, you need to have, now I'm just going to go with the way the Gemara reads, simple pshat. You need to have four walls. You need to have an area, again, four by four tvachim area, ten tvachim walls, but it also has to be enclosed, fenced in by four walls. There is a shita who holds, mida oraita, you could have two and it's also good. Rabbi Yudah's opinion. So what we're going to say is, our Mishnah in saying, zui reshut is to say, our Mishnah holds, you have to have four walls to be considered Rishut Tayachid. Not like Rabbi Yudav says, two is sufficient, two is enough. Now let me illustrate to you the case of Rabbi Yudav. Very interesting case. Can you mind closing the door? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Rabbi Yudav's case is a very creative case. Listen to this case. I'm going to make an example here. Demonstration. Shouldn't use Farim really. I should use the cups and stuff. Here. 
Let's say this is my house, okay? And then on one, there's a street in between. And then I own another house on the other side of the street, okay? My property, Shutabim, my property, okay? Now we have walls at the ends of each of my property. So what are we looking at here? My property, my property, in between is Rishut HaRabim. And there's two walls, one on each side of the street. So Rabbi Yudah says like this, Mida since the area in between has two walls that are considered property walls of Rishut HaYachid, that is considered Rishut HaYachid Mida the area in between. Therefore, Mida I should be allowed to carry four amot inside of it, it's not a problem. That's Rishut HaYachid. However, Rabbi Yudah holds, Midrabanan, similar to what we mentioned yesterday about, remember we spoke about the Chatzerot and that whole Inyan, similar idea, because it looks like Rishut HaRabim, says Rabbi Yudah, you should use a Lechi or a Korah, similar to what we discussed yesterday, on both sides of the ends of the walls, either Lechi is the standing beam, Korah is the cross beam, to show this is actually Rishut HaYachid, not Rishut HaRabim. But again, that's only Midra Banan. Rabbi Yudah holds Mida Oraita. On the Torah level, this area is already, because you have two walls, Rishut HaYachid. So comes our Mishnah to say, no, that's not considered Rishut HaYachid because it's not fenced in by four walls. Okay? That's what the Gemara is going to say. Let's see it inside now. Says the Gemara, so what is it coming to exclude? Excluding the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. And it's actually quoted in the Brayta too. We didn't quote it in our stuff. The Tanya, as the Brayta teaches us, now, yet there alkin. Rabbi Yehuda says even more than this. Tosafot adds, what was the more than this? So Rabbi Yehuda is actually coming off of a different case where you have a public domain where there's like a, high, <clears throat> a highway that has fences on both sides of the highway. Underneath it, there's two fences underneath it. Sorry, there's two, there's a highway. Okay, imagine a highway with fences on both sides of the highway. So Rabbi Yudah says in such a case, since there's fences on both sides, and this is a chidush which I'm not gonna get too much into, so if you don't get it, it's okay. The edges of the highway itself are looked at as they go down to the ground. So it's looked at as closed in. That's considered Rishut Tayachid. But he says, on top of that, Yeter Alken, even more than this, Amr Rabbi Yudah, Mi lo bet batim, Rishut Harabim. He has two homes on the two sides of the public area, like we described. So, Midoraita says Rabbi Yudah, that's considered a Rishut Tayachid. However, the rabbis came along and they said, it looks like Rishut Harabim. So do something to show this is really a private area. So, what he should do is, again, this is one house, this is the other house, put a beam here, put a beam here, on the both sides where there would be a potential look, it looks like it's a public area. Or put a cross beam on both ends of it so that it's closed in in a more clear sense. And then you can carry in the middle. It means you're not allowed to carry in the middle of Rishut HaRabim. But now, since Midoraita, it's a, it's a considered Rishut HaYachid, and there's no issue rabbinically because you put the two Lechis or the two Koras, so now you could carry inside no problem. Amru Lo, the Chachamim, said back to Rabbi Yudan, the Brayta, 
You can't create an Eruv in Rashut Tarabim like this. They said, no, you have two walls, and two walls is not considered a Rashut Oraita. You can't create an Eruv in Rashut Tarabim. We've already said that. You can't create an Eruv in Rashut Tarabim to carry, to make it into Rashut Tayachid, and this is not sufficient. So, what's the Gemara telling us? In the context here, Zuhi Rashut Tayachid, what's the Braita adding? It's saying, what we just described i.e. where there's four walls on each side, that's Rishut Tayachid. But where there's only two walls, the ends of the properties, that's not Rishut Tayachid. That not even on rabbinic Doraita is that not Rishut Tayachid. That's not Rishut Tayachid, that's Rishut Tarabim. Asks the Gemara, Va'amai Karolei Gemura. Okay, so you explain to me why the Braita says, Zuhi Rishut Tayachid. But why does it have to say, Zuhi Rishut Tayachid Gemura? Why you can move over so you can see me better. I'd like to see you. So, the question the Braita, the Gemara says is now, fine, I understand why it's saying Rishut Hayachid. This is Rishut Hayachid. To exclude if it's two walls, it's not Rishut Hayachid. But why does it say this is Rishut Hayachid Gemura? What is the Gemura adding? It's an extra word, total. So let me just speak outside what it's going to say and then we'll see it inside. The Gemara is going to answer like this. You may have thought that the rabbis really agreed to Rabbi Yehuda. Mida if there's two walls, it's considered Rishut Tayachid Mida But they're Machmir over Rabbi Yehuda, Meaning, they'll give the space in between the Chomer of Rishut Tayachid, but not the leniencies of Rishut Tayachid. Maybe that's the argument of the Rabbanan. We agree, Be'etzem, if you have two walls, it's already Rishut Tayachid on the biblical level, on the Torah level, Mida But they're Machmir over Rabbi Yehuda. But by saying, Gemura, what they're adding to that is to say, no, no. With two walls, Bichlal, it's not considered Rishut Tayachid. It's completely Rishut Tarabim, and therefore, this is completely removed from the category of Rishut Hayachid. Now, let's illustrate that inside. So the Gemara says, Because you may have said like this. Now, listen good to this. This is a little bit technical. So you might say, really, the rabbis agree to Rabbi Yehuda. Two walls is already considered Rishut Tayachid. So when do they argue? It's not like Rashut Tayachid. It's only that you don't have the kula, the leniency, to carry inside of it. it. Means maybe the rabbis say you don't have the kula that it's like Rashut Tayachid, because even though it's like Rashut Tayachid, you don't have the kula where Machmir to say it's like Rashut Tarabim in this regard, you can't carry four amot inside of it. Because right? what's that? Pass. Pass is different. Ah, oh, so pass is a different story. We'll see in a minute. Maybe really they agree Midoraita, it's like Rashut Tayachid. But in regards to carrying four amot inside of it, you're not allowed. That's where they disagree. Avalizrok, but in terms of throwing, which really means a transfer. In terms of transferring from one Rishut to another, module, they would agree. They would say, look, it is considered Rishut Tayachid, and therefore, to transfer from it to Rishut Tarabim would be Asur, would be Chayav. So what they would then be saying is, in the underlying Ikar, we agree with you, it's Rishut Tayachid. But we're not able to be makil, we're not able to be lenient to allow you to carry inside of it. 
But we are going to be machmir to say it as the chomer of Rashut Tayachid, which means you can't carry from it or throw from it into Rashut Tarabim or vice versa because it's like a Rashut Tayachid. And then it comes out, they're not really arguing the etzim in the underlying status of this place. They're just arguing in terms of the chumrah. So kamash malan, that's what the, the Braytam means when it says gemurah. No, in order to be considered Rashut Tayachid, it has to have Four walls. Otherwise, it's not even considered Rishut HaYachid. On the, the Torah level, forget about it. Across the board, it's not Rishut HaYachid unless it has four walls. That's what it's saying. So therefore, in this case where there's two walls, Rabbi Yudah says, that's already me to write the Rishut HaYachid. No, that's not Rishut HaYachid. Now, I need to mention something over here which is very important. There is a discussion, Bichlal. Is it necessary for it to be Rishut HaYachid, me to have four walls or even three walls? Even three walls. Talking about sukkah. Sukkah is a different story. In regards to Rishuyot on Shabbat, do you need four walls or three walls? Our Gemara just seemed to conclude that according to the Rabbanan, you need four mechitzot, four partitions, four walls to be considered Rishut HaYachid on Shabbat. But there are shitot who say three walls would also be considered Rishut HaYachid Midoraita which actually gets into the question when we spoke about yesterday, where you have the chatzerot that open up into the Rishut HaRabim, Midoraita, it's Rishut HaYachid, etc. It gets right? in, Lechi Korah, exactly like that story. There is such a discussion, we're not going to get too much into it, but we should just take away, the Gemara here implies that the Shitav, the Rabbanan is, in order to be considered Rishut HaYachid, there has to be four mechitzot, four walls closing in this area. Right. Yeah. Now I will add one more point, which is Kedai to know. What happens, and we spoke about this before, if you have some sort of a platform, uh, uh, like a platform, you know, like a stage, okay. and it's ten tvachim tall and it's four by four tvachim. So what's the halacha? Ten tvachim tall, four by four. It's reshut tayachid, but where's the walls? You don't have walls. They just said you need to be closed in by walls. That's what I just said. So why is that considered reshut tayachid? But you don't have walls. You don't have, where are the walls? If you need four walls, where are the walls? You're right, that would be, we said at the end of the Brayta, it's Rishut Tayachid, but why? So this is one of those imaginary halachot we have to use. Oh, it. that we have like the, the imaginary walls? It's, it's imagination over here. So Rashi tells us, the you rule is called Good Achit, this is Good Asik. This is Good, Good Achit means the walls go down. Good Asik means the walls go up. This comes up in Hilchot Sukkah as well, good which asik, means... Good asik. Good achit is that you look at the walls that are above as if they go down. And good asik means you look at the walls that are below as if they go up. So what it means in the context here is, if you have a platform that's 10 tvachim tall, 4 by 4 tvachim, we look at the sides of the platform as if they continue up and it forms imaginary walls. That's the idea. Even though there's no walls, that's considered because of, the height? because of being ten tfachim tall. Exactly. That's you're uh-huh. you're allowed to use that strategy. That it looks that's now it's rishut tayachid. Exactly. Just get that to point out. This comes up a lot in mesechet sukkah. These these types of uh, discussions. Very interesting idea. Let's continue. Amar Mar. Let's move on to the second point now. So the, the Brayta had said also. <clears throat> We listed all the areas. We said, So we said this uh, highway and the plaza and then the all these big areas. So we listed all of them. And then again, it finished off with the same idea. Again, the extra words. This is Rishut Tarabim. Okay. So the same question. 
Why do you need to repeat it? Obviously, it's excluding something. So what is it excluding? So the Gemara here says a fascinating halacha. It's a Mishnah Irovin that discusses this idea. Listen to this story. The Jews from, let's say, Bavel. So they were Olel Regel, right? They would come to Yerushalayim, or even from Eretz Yisrael itself. Come to Yerushalayim to celebrate the Chagim. The problem is, they would sometimes stay on the side of the road. Now, the road is Rishut Arabim. So let's say they had their little tent set up over there. Okay, fine. They were staying over there on the side of the road, established a place for Shabbat, beautiful. Now, they needed to drink water. So they had wells. They had borot. They had these pits in the ground that had water. Actually, we know how important this was from Masechet Ta'anit. We discussed how important the water was for the Le'er Galim. Fine. But here's the issue. Listen to this. Where are the wells? They're in Rishut Tarabim. But the wells are ten tvachim deep and four by four tvachim, which means the wells, they're ten tvachim deep and they're four by four tvachim in area, which means the wells are reshut tayachid, which would mean if you draw water out of the wells and you put it on the side of the well, what have you already done? Uh, From reshut tayachid to reshut harabim, that should be asur daoraita. Everybody sees the problem here. So the rabbis came along and they said, we are going to allow you to construct a less than real mechitzot around the well to make the area around the well also reshut tayachid. So you could draw water and drink the water and it won't be motzi mereshut lereshut, reshut tayachid tereshut harabim. You will build walls around it, but not real walls, as we'll see in a minute. They're called Pase Biraot. We'll explain that in a minute. So, it's like Eruv in a certain way, allowing you to now draw water from the well to around the well, because the whole area will be enclosed like a Rishut Tayachit. Now, what is Pase Biraot? Pase Biraot is basically, actually, Art Scroll is a good picture if you want to look at it. It's these L-shaped sticks that they put on the four corners around the well, right angles. So they put these right angles, these L-shaped sticks, on the four corners around the well. So imagine the well is in the middle. And then they put these little corners around it that were like poles, po- like poles but, but L-shaped, not round, but rather like this, okay. meaning around the four corners. And the rabbi said, now this will constitute not a Rishut HaRabim anymore, but rather a Rishut HaYachid. So now you could draw water into that area and like drink this, water. Right? Like an L-shape. You could look, Art Scroll has a great picture if you want to take a look. Uh, L-shape. Like a... So it's giving you like an imaginary... Uh, imaginary four walls. Now there is an important measurement here, which is that these were an ama by an ama. Each of the corners was an ama by an ama. And they were also ten tvachim away from each other. It couldn't be more than ten tvachim away from each other. Ten tvachim away would already make it that this can't be considered a wall. But now we could imagine as if this is entirely closed in. It's Rishut Tayachid. You could draw water. But now listen to this problem. This is in the Rishut Tarabim. It's in the public area. So what's going to happen... If the people are walking and it's the path that people would walk, people are going to walk through this area and therefore Rabbi Uda's opinion is if people are going to walk through this area, you can't tell me that you look at it as imaginary walls to make a Rashut Tayachid if people are constantly walking through it. No, no, the point is, is that you can't tell me use an imaginary law here to make fake walls if people are just using it as public thoroughfare, as the highway. Because that's clearly Rishut Tarabim. 
So Rabbi Yehuda's position is, if this is where people are walking, it's mevatel, this whole idea, and it's no longer reshut tayachid. And therefore Rabbi Yehuda actually holds, if people wanted to walk through there, make sure they go around. Have them go around, because if they go around, at least this area could be understood as reshut tayachid. The Rabbanan hold, however, doesn't make a difference. Once the rabbis allow us to make these four corners, even if the public is walking through there, it's still now considered Rishut HaYachid. So what the Gemara is going to say is, that's what the Rabban, that's what the Brayta means to add. Not like Rav Yehuda. It says, Zui Rishut HaRabim, meaning this would be considered a Rishut HaRabim, the examples of our Mishnah, a highway, etc. But, where you have these four corners, even if people are walking through, that's still Rishut HaYachid. It doesn't make a difference. The thoroughfare of people does not negate, it's not mevatel, the corners that allow it to be considered Rishut HaYachid. Let's read that inside. Says the Gemara de Tanan, so Lamuta Idach Rabbi Yudah excludes a different position of Rabbi Yudah. The Tanan, the Mishnah Eruvin tells us, Rabbi Yudah Omer, Rabbi Yudah says, If the way of the public was interrupting, so the meaning they were walking through, push them around it. it. Means make sure the people walk around it so it doesn't make this batel, this idea being a Rishut Tayachid for these Pasebiraot, these corners. It's unnecessary. If it's Rishut Tayachid, the fact that people are walking through doesn't make a difference. So that's why they say, meaning the general public thoroughfare is Rishut Tayachid, but this is Rishut Tayachid. That's what they're saying against the, the opinion of Rabbi Yudah. Just because the people are passing by? It doesn't make a difference. Rabbi Yudah holds it does, the Chachamim say it doesn't. Exactly. That's the Chachamim. It's still Rishut Tayachid. That's the Chachamim hold. Exactly. Says the Gemara, Va'amai Karolei Gemura. Again, the same question as before. Why does the Mishnah say, Harezu Rishut Ha'avim Gemura? What's the emphasis? So this, the Gemara just says, Aidi Detan Harezu Gemura. Since in the first part about Rishut Ha'yachid, it said Gemura. Tananami Seifa Gemura, it also said in the Seifa. Sometimes we find this idea that it wants to keep consistent. It wants to keep the Mishnah the same way throughout, so it used the same language here as well. Now, I want to just point something out. I don't want to get too deep into this, but there is... A contradiction here when you think about it. Because in the previous case, when you're talking about two walls, what's the position of Rabbi Yehuda? Two walls, okay. it's considered Rishut Tayachid. But here, when you have the four corners, he says it's not considered Rishut Tayachid. So it's almost like Rabbi Yehuda is. Because there is an existing wall? Rabbi Yehuda is inconsistent. And the Gemara actually points this out in Eruvin, and the Rabbanan are also inconsistent. Because in regards to two walls, they say it's not Rishut Tayachid. In regards to these four corners, they say it is Rishut Tayachid. So if you say these fake walls, or these less than real walls are effective, it should be effective in both. If not, it shouldn't be effective in either. But there is so here. So what the Gemara Eruvin explains is, it's a matter of perspective. What's considered more of an enclosure? Rabbi Yudah's position is, if you have two real walls, two real walls, that's more chashuv, that's more significant as Rashut Tayachid than four corners. Four corners is not two real walls even. So that could be considered Rashut Tayachid, not four corners. The Rabbanan say, four corners, at least you have four that look like four walls versus two walls, which is, that doesn't look like walls at all of Rishut Tayachid, and that wouldn't be considered Rishut Tayachid. It's the Gemara and Eruvin explains that idea. The wall has to be 10 Fahim enough, right? I'd imagine, yes. Yeah, yeah. So we talk, let's, ima let's imagine I-95, for example, they have two walls on the side. If you close it, it becomes Rishut Tayachid. No, no, no. So that's the thing. You cannot do this 
we're going to see in a minute. But in general, to make this in Rishut HaRabim, is if you can't be Ma'arev, you can't create uh, Rishut HaYechid in a Rishut HaRabim like that. It's not really effective. To, you can't create such an Eruv. We're going to see it right now. Let's see. Asks the Gemara, Why didn't the Mishnah also include the case of a Midbar? A desert. A desert also should be called Rishut HaRabim. It didn't list that as one of them in the Mishnah. And why do we ask this? Datanya, because the Brayta says, Ezi Rishut HaRabim. What is the definition of Rishut HaRabim? Seratia, which is, again, the highway. Uplatia Gdola, big plaza. Umabuot HaMefulashin, open streets at the ends of both sides. Midbar. In this Brayta, it says Midbar. Why didn't our Mishnah list Midbar as well? The first, the bright that we just quoted is talking about when the Jews were in the Midbar. When the Jews were traveling in the desert, so you had the Jewish population there, that became Erishut HaRabim. But in general, people don't travel, they don't live in the Midbar, they don't travel significantly through the Midbar, and therefore that would be considered not Erishut HaRabim, it wouldn't be considered Erishut HaRabim. Now, so Safot points out over here something that we referenced before. He says, Mash makzat reshut harabim ken sham shishim ribo It would only be considered reshut harabim if you if you had six hundred thousand people found there. Meaning that if you have like like the Knesset Yisrael in the Midbar, six hundred thousand people, that would constitute a Rishut Tarabim. And this is a very important point, because this would make a chiluk between Rishut Tarabim and like a Carmelite, for example, like the ocean. If it's an area that is populated, that some explain even it means that six hundred thousand people have access to it. Even if they're not traveling through it every day, but they have access to it, like Yossi mentioned yesterday. Brooklyn, they say yeah, Brooklyn, yeah. Brooklyn, oh, for Ocean example. Parkway. Some argue on the capacity to make an Erev there at <clears> all <throat> because you can't be Ma'arev in a Rishut HaRabim. The only way it would work is if it's considered Carmelite, maybe that would be effective. But to be considered Rishut HaRabim, meaning 600,000 people have access, it wouldn't be necessarily acceptable in the first place. That's a the very important point that Tosafot mentions here. Let's go ahead, Chavra. Let's go to the third part of the Brayta now. Amar Mar. The Brayta had told us, in all of these cases, if you carry from one of these Rishiyot to the other, either Rabim, Tiachir, or vice versa, if he brought it out or in, if it was done unintentionally, is Chayav Chatat. If it was intentionally, Anush, Karet Veniskal. He gets Karet if it was without witnesses and warning, without Edim and Hatra'a, and Skila if it was with witnesses and warning. Asks the Gemara, this whole sentence seems unnecessary. You don't have to say this. It's obvious that if you do Bishogeg, you're Chayav Chatat. Rashi explains why, because that's the rule. Whenever you have an Avera that intentionally, if you do it, you're Chayav Karet. So then if you do it bishogeg, the rule is your chayav chatat. Since on Shabbat we know your chayav karet b'mezid, so you don't even need to say, you could just say chayav, I know your chayav chatat, because that's the standard rule. So the Gemara answers, b'mezid anush karet b'nizgal No, the chidush of the Brayta is to say that if it's b'mezid, the punishment is karet or skila. That's a chidush. It says the Gemara, hanami pshita, if you do b'mezid, so then it's karet and skila. So we say, that's also pshita. Hanami pshita. Why is that also pshita? Because we know in the Torah we have a section of the mikoshei sheitzim who gather the wood in the midbar and it was chayav skila. So we know this halacha. What is the Brayta teaching us? So the Gemara answers based on a very interesting backstory. Hakamash malan kedirav. The chidush of our Mishnah is that you are chayav skila for this melachav hotzaa b'mezid 
like Rav. I'm a Rav. Rav said the following. Remember we spoke about Rav. His Rebbe was Rabbi Chia. And Rabbi Chia was Rabbi, Rabbi was Rabbi Udanasi. Yes. Exactly. To Amar Rav, Rav said the following: Matzati Megilat Starim. I found a hidden scroll be Rabbi Chia in the in the Beit Midrash of Rabbi Chia. So Rashi explains something very interesting over here. We know the Gemara in Misachet Gitin tells us that really Torah Shabal is not allowed to be written down. Torah Shabal Peh, Torah Shabichtav needs to be written down. Torah Shabal Peh is not allowed to be written down. That's the halacha. However, we know what happened. Rabbi Yudana Si recognized it was Yeridat Adorot and people were forgetting the Mishnayot, so he wrote them down. But before Rabbi Yudana Si, you're not allowed to write down Torah Shabal Peh. He came and he said, If you're to Atecha, fine. But what happened beforehand? Before Rabbi Yudanasi came along, if a Talmud had a great chidush, and he was worried he was going to forget that chidush. So the answer is, it was Torah Shabal Peh, but there was a leniency to write it down so that it's not forgotten. For himself. For himself. Oh, so this is discussed in the Mefarshim. You're not allowed to write it down in general, but for himself, there's leniencies. A student could write it down for himself to remember that chidush so it's not forgotten. After Rabbi Yudanasi, had written down the Mishnayot, the Torah Shabal Peh is allowed to be written down, and we have much of Torah Shabal Peh written down, most of them, everything. But there was these scrolls that had been written down before, they were called Megillat Starim, because since the students used to write them down, and they weren't really supposed to, they wouldn't leave it out for everyone to see, they would hide it. Because it was Torah Shabal Peh written down, so they would hide them. So Rav, who I saw, interesting, Rav was the student of Rabbi Chia, and he was also his secretary. So he had access to all of Rabbi Chia's hidden scrolls. He had access to all of the other information. So one time, Rav was going through Rabbi Chia's Beit Midrash, and he found one of these Megillat Starim that was written down, and this is what it said, by Isi ben Yehuda. What does it say? It says, I found this hidden scroll in Rabbi Chia's Beit Midrash, and it wrote the following inside. Isi ben Yehuda, Isi ben Yehuda says the following, that there are 39 Av Melachot, primary Yisurei Shabbat, ve'eno chayav ela achat. This is a very strange language, but he said, the scroll said, Isi ben Yudah said, you're only chayav one time. Now what it sounds like is, if a person did all 39 Melachot behelem achat, in one act of forgetting, he would only be chayav one chiyuv. One, one, one karet, one korban, etc. Now why would that be? What would be the logic in that? So the logic would be, it would be like doing the same Avera many times where you're only chayav one onesh really for that if it's behelem achat in one act of forgetting. We would look at all of the melachot of Shabbat as one guf Avera, one essential Avera, not as separate Averot. That's what it sounds like uh, the scroll was saying. But the problem with that is we know that that's not true. Aini, is that true? We, of course, we know. How do we know? Because the Mishnah tells us this is Masechet Shabbat later. It says, Avot melachot arba'im chasa'achat, that there are 39 av melachot. And then it lists what those 39 are. So the Gemara is going to ask there, Avinan Ban, it asks, Minyana lamali, why does it, not, not manyana, Minyana lamali, why does it have to say 39? We can count that there's 39, so why does it say 39? Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, sa'an kulam behelem achat. It's saying there's 39, and if you did all of them in one act of forgetting, chayav akol achat you are chayav. 
39 times. So says the Gemara, you see clearly, it's not guf avera achat, it's not one avera, each one is a separate avera, you're chayav 39 different times. So that can't be what the scroll was saying. Ela, so it must be, what was this scroll Isi ben Yehuda saying? Ema eno chayav al achat mehena. This is very cryptic, what he's saying, very hidden, but what he's saying was, it's true, you'd be chayav for 30, you're only chayav for 38. One of those melachot, you're not going to be chayav skila for. Tosafot points out over here, you would be chayav chatat for all of them. There's one of them you're not going to be chayav skila for, but he didn't say which one it is. That's what Isi ben Yehuda meant to say. So no, the, the opposite. So says the Gemara, that's what the Brayta is teaching us when it says chayav skila. Why does it have to say b'mezir chayav skila? It's teaching us this one, this hotza'a is not the one to be mesupak, to be within that safek, that you would be not chayav skila based on that. Now what that one is, unclear. What the, the, the Brayta is telling us here is, hotza'a is not that one. Chayav skila, it means, b'mezir chayav skila, it's emphasizing the fact this is not the one that you are that you would not be chayav skila for. That's why it emphasizes that here. You are chayav skila. So that's but you need the chidush because Isi ben Yehuda, as we quoted, held one of them. You're not chayav for. It's emphasizing here that oh, so Hotza is not that one. It's not that it's one. Reducing one of the thirty-eight minutes. Now what exactly? Now what that one is? We didn't say. We're not going to oh. say here. We'll discuss God willing there. But it's not Hotza. That's the point. All right. Let's finish off the fourth section over here. We said it in the. We said in the Brayta, Amar Mar, Aval Yam, we said this was the examples of Carmelit. So Carmelit is, it's not Rishut Tarabim, not Rishut Tayachid. Yam, the sea, Ubika, open area, fields, the Istavnit, and the uh, bench area. The Carmelit, as well as Carmelit, Enan lo Kishut Tayachid, velo Kishut Tarabim. It's not Kishut Tayachid, nor Kishut Tarabim. We said it means if you carry from the Carmelit to Rishut Tayachid or Rabim, it's Patur Avalasur, but it's not Chayamido Raita. Asks the Gemara, Is that true? Because an open area where they planted grains, for example, is that not Rishut Te'achid or Rishut Tarabim? I'm going to show you a Mishnan Ta'arot that seems to imply that an open planted area is like a Rishut Te'achid. Let me just explain it outside and we'll see it inside. We have a halacha as follows. Two halachot. There is Rishut Tarabim and Rishut Te'achid regarding Hilchot Shabbat. Okay, Rishuyot for Shabbat. And then there's also another thing which is Rishuyot for Tum'ah. For Tum'ah. Now what is Tum'ah? There's a rule. If something is Rishut Hayachid, and there's a Safek, if someone became Tameh in that area, Safek Tum'ah Rishut Hayachid is Tameh. No, no, I'll explain in a minute. I'll explain in a minute. But safek tumah b'rshut harabim is if it's a safek tumah in public domain is tahor. And where do we know this from? What's the mekor for this? It's from sota, because by sota, which is a woman who's suspected of adultery, but suspected, we don't know that she was definitely mizane from her husband. What's the halacha of such a woman until she drinks the sota waters? And we can clarify, she's tmeya. She's asura l'ba'ala until we clarify the situation. And by the way, if she doesn't drink it, she needs to be divorced because she's considered tmei'ah. Mm-hmm. Now the sota, where did the safek come about? It came out, which as the pasuk calls it, bistira. 
What is stira? Stira and I is contradiction here. Stira means in private. In private. Like, bed, like seter. Like seter. It came about in a private area. So this is the mekor. We learned from Sotat. Gemara Masechet Sotat teaches us that where you have a safek tum'ah birshut hayachid, a doubt of tum'ah in a private area, like in, in an enclosed area, that's going to be deemed tameh. And if it's a safek tum'ah in rishut tarabim, it is tahor. Okay, that's what we learn from Sotah. Because of the assumption that it can be tameh in the public area? We could assume lakel, exactly. That's what we learn from Sotah. Now the case is like this. You have these open fields, which we're going to see the Mishnah and Tarot talks about. Now, there were two seasons. There was the season that they, it gets into Ta'anit a little bit actually, when they were not planting the fields, but they were just empty fields. And there was the seasons when they were planting, and there was grains that were growing. When they were planting the fields, they didn't want people walking through their properties. That was in the winter actually, because the grains started to grow. People are walking through, it damages my properties. So they used to do the Shvilin, the pathways, right? Shvilin, well, around. You don't want people going through the grains. But in the summer, where they had already harvested, there's no grains in the field. Actually, one of the tznaim that Yoshua ben Nun conquered Eretz Yisrael was people could cut through other people's properties. But again, it's only in the summer when there's no standing grains. Yemot hachama. In Yemot hachama, in the summer, there's no standing grains, so people could cut through. But in the Yemot hachamim, when the grains are growing, people don't want them cutting through, you're not allowed to. So we're going to discuss here what is the status of those fields in both seasons? Is it considered Rishut Tayachid or Rishut Harabim? Both for Ilchot Shabbat as well as Safek Tum'ah. Let's read that inside. It says the Mishnah. Vatanah, the Mishnah and Tarot teaches us, Habik'ah, an open field of grain. Biyemot in this summer. Now in the summer, people would cut through. But in the end of the day, it's a private property. Meaning it's my field. Hold on. It's my field. So in regards to Melechet Shabbat, listen, that's my property. The fact that people cut through it, it's still my property. It's my Rishut Tayachid. So therefore, Biyemot HaChama, Rishut Tayachid Shabbat. It is considered a private for Shabbat, but Rishut HaRabim LeTum'ah. In regards to Tum'ah, Safek Tum'ah, if it comes about, we'll say Safek Tum'ah is Tahor, because people were cutting through, so it's not considered Seter. It's not considered private. It's very interesting. It's considered Rishut HaYachid that it's would be a sort to carry from it to Rishut HaRabim, for example. But it's Rishut HaRabim, it's not Seter, so Safek Tum'ah would be Tahor. But Bimot shamim in the rainy season, no one's allowed to walk through there because you break my plants. So then Rishut HaYachid, the Girsa is Lekach Lekach, actually. It's considered Rishut HaYachid across the board because no one's walking through there. But what do you see from this Mishnah and Tarot? You see that the Bik'ah, the open area, it's not a Carmelite. What does it call it? Rishut Tayachid. Calls it Rishut Tayachid for Shabbat. Whether it's the summer or the winter, it calls it Rishut Tayachid for Shabbat. It's similar to the... Kasha. The tzidah there that the people used to sleep next no, to but, the but, but that No, but look. We said over here that in the Brayta we said Bika is considered Carmelit, which is not Rishut Tayachid. And this Mishnah and Tarot says very clearly it's Rishut Tayachid for Shabbat. He cannot do this Country. The... Forget about doing polls, but the point over here is you see that the Mishnah and Tarot is telling us it's considered a private domain or Shutayachid. But our Brayta said it's a Carmelite. So which one is it? Good question. So we have two answers. We'll do one do today and the other one tomorrow. There? People don't live there necessarily. So how it's become a Shutayachid? Well, because there's it's, no walls also. Let's say there are walls. Let's say it's closed in. You have to say, I guess, the Chaurah, you have to say that. So if there is walls and it's closed, it is a Shutayachid. 
Okay, but the point is, it's a kasha, there's a stira, because our bright does it, it's Carmelit. And the Mishnah says it's Shutayachir. Carmelit just means it's not Shutayachir or Shutayachir. But so it belongs to somebody, so how does it Ah, good question. <laughs> so Amar Ula, Ula answers like this, the first answer. Ula says, Lo'olam Carmelit Avya. Really, it's considered a Carmelit. And the Mishnah agrees it's a Carmelit. So why does the Mishnah and Tarot say it's Rishut Hayachid? It doesn't mean to say it's really Be'etzim Rishut Hayachid. Rather, it means Lefi She'ena Rishut Harabim. It's just saying it's not Rishut Harabim. That's what the Mishnah and Tarot means to say. It means even though you might think it's Rishut Harabim, it's not. How does it say that it's not? By saying it's Rishut Hayachid. But really, it's not Rishut Hayachid. The Mishnah agrees it's a Carmelite. So it's just a way of speaking. So as to say, it's not a Rishut Harabim, rather it's a Carmelite. So by saying it's Rishut Hayachid, it's just a way of talking, but it means it's really a Carmelite. Now, that's a little bit of a hard answer because the word Rishut Hayachid is a very specific language. Could have said Carmelite also, but that's the first answer. And Rav Ashi will get to the second answer tomorrow. Zat Hashem will pick up with that tomorrow. Stop the bottom of Avmud Bet. Pick up tomorrow with Zayin Amud Aleph. Zat Hashem.